honestly, like, I think it's really important for people to know too, once I let go and let other people come in and help me, it really empowered me to think even bigger because now I recognized all the things I couldn't do by myself. What does success mean to you? How do we continue to define it as life and career changes up? And how do we remain relevant? I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to spotlighting actions and stories that empower a fluid approach to life, give purpose, and inspire you to reimagine your next. Ready to make a change but not sure where to start? Head over to nextcareerlife.com. Explore your options, get clarity now, and download the free 10 questions. Become a member and connect with the community. Be part of the events. Remember, the magic is in the groups all at nextcareerlife.com. Here at Next, we realize that we move in and out of life and work and we have multi-stages in our life. We're more than one note. And that's why we have all these stories of people who are reinventing and reimagining themselves and how they did it. Sometimes we need a little help, especially if you're looking to transition in career or go back to the corporate world in midlife. It's overwhelming and almost impossible. In fact, two women that I interviewed on my podcast number 63, The Great Reset, Linda Lautenberg and Judy Schoenberg, know what that's like. And that's what got them to launch Evolve Me, where they come alongside women, helping them to realize their value and how they can get jobs that really utilize all their strengths and skills. They have a tremendous track record and a fabulous program. Go ahead and look at their website, www.evolveme.work, and look at some of the free downloads that you get, a quiz, and a reinvention analyzer. And they're so terrific. Their track record is a wonderful, and they have some great programs. In fact, in the next community, if you decide to go ahead with their virtual group training program called the Reinvention Collective, you will get a discount at $250. So take a look, see if it's for you. I guarantee you, you're going to get some results and certainly you're going to make some great connections. These women are fantastic. Here at Next, we are interested in how we can reimagine, recreate, and develop a new way for ourselves so that we can work and live and remain resilient. And that takes a lot of metal and ability to figure it out on our own and use what we already have and repurpose ourselves and keep going. Those are traits that entrepreneurs have typically, and that's because of survival. But this person who is an entrepreneur and an award-winning one at that is unstoppable. Sarah Buxbaum is a business owner, philanthropist, author, and creator behind Celebrate with Sarah and CWS Hospitality. Her background includes 15 years of hospitality, wedding, and customer service experience, and she now speaks around the nation sharing her knowledge about bettering the customer, customer experience. But more than that, Sarah has hit some hard stops, and she has kept going, and she has recreated and reimagined and reinvented herself and has really come out shining. We want to find out what is it that she has in herself or what has she learned? And maybe she can share a couple of those traits with us so that we can also remain relevant and continue to reinvent ourselves. So welcome, Sarah. I am so glad you're here and you've got such a great story. I'm so glad that you're taking a moment out of your very busy schedule to share it with us. How are Thank you, doing? you for having me. I'm so excited. 
Um, I just wanted you to share with the audience, um, if they don't already know about you, to just tell them a, a little bit about your career journey, your path to where you are now. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Um, my background, I've been in customer service in the wedding industry for about 15, 16 years, and I love it. Um, it's been a mix of ups and downs for sure and multiple businesses in that um, in that journey but it's uh, I just love it I just love being part of weddings and working with people and creating magical memories for them and and just sharing everything with my with my clients that's yes and so you you basically know that this is what you love but you've had to reinvent what you love over and over again I mean COVID was in there, that, that definitely affected the events and wedding, you know, business a lot. So can you give us a little bit of like what you started out doing and how you changed it to continue on and, and why, what were your obstacles and why? Yeah. I mean, I kind of got into this. Um, I was in a, my, my real start of entrepreneurship started when I lost everything in a partnership. I left, I was working in, um, for the Sheraton in San Diego. And I ended up working with a couple entrepreneurs and it fell apart and they ended up really taking everything from me. And I said, okay, that was my first, like, pick up your boots here. What are you going to do? And I was a good baker. So I went down to the health department. I said, what do I need to do to be able to sell cupcakes out of my parents' house? Cause I'd moved back in with them. They kind of looked at me like, what? <laughs> And I researched and learned about all that, started selling cupcakes by the dozen that eventually um, grew into full dessert catering. And I had, I was only doing dessert tables. Um, and I did that for about five years and it was a great business and I loved it. And then COVID. Well, wait, did you bake all of that or did you have a kitchen baking for you? Like, how did you just manage that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> did it. <laughs> I just started it as myself um, and I would do little events and I would prepackage things. And then I was actually against the wedding industry. I was, which is kind of funny, even though I loved weddings, but I was like, what can I do to be different? So I went after like small businesses and how could I help promote them? So I went to real estate agents and, you know, how could I create custom treats for them? Then I ended up, my heart was tugging me back to weddings because that's what I did for many years at the, um, at the hotels. And so I, it kind of just blew up because I loved it so much. Like I loved baking and I think people really saw that. And so I created a business, um, which was at the time was called custom cupcakes by Sarah, which I hated, but they made me come up with a name at the health department. And I was like, well, I guess that's what it is. And then as I eventually grew and, and on the, a lot of this is, I have to give credit to Sandra Yancey at eWomen for pushing me to think bigger. And I was very close-minded custom cupcakes. That's so small. Like, and so then I changed it to celebrate with Sarah and I rebranded mm -hmm. and then I cut off all the small orders. I had a um, $3,000 minimum for dessert tables, which I then needed help obviously. Um, and then I started bringing in other bakers and I would start it ended up fully going into where I was not really baking that much anymore. I was hiring the best cookie person, the best eclair person, the best, you know, custom chocolate strawberries. And then I was just designing, um, which I loved. And I really fell in love with that. Then COVID hit. Wait, wait, wait just a moment. I have to say a few things though. Sandra Yancey, we both know who she is. And um, on, <clears throat> honestly, being an entrepreneur all my life, 
that's the difference right there. Either you work in your business or you work on your business. And it's that changing of the mindset of, wow, the only way I'm going to scale and make this really and not kill myself because I'm working so hard is to step back and see where I can bring people in and they can help me sort of cogs of the wheel. And I'm the one that's making the wheel turn. <laughs> and so, you know what, it's so important. And I think a lot of women, especially be, we're thinking, oh, you know how we always say, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. And pretty soon we're just like, we can't even see. We just got everything on our backs. We can't see. So it's really important to stop for a moment and think about Yep. What's the difference between working for yourself and being an entrepreneur? And that's the difference is, is scaling. And even like, not that you did it, but you could sell that business eventually if you had it running like a fine machine and just oh, yeah. doing, and also too, what you said, something really important is that you loved the design part. So you, so you saved that part for yourself because really, if there's no joy in it, then it gets to be pretty miserable. So it does. I mean, that's so powerful. Well, and honestly, like, I think it's really important for people to know too, once I let go and let other people come in and help me, it really empowered me to think even bigger because now I recognized all the things I couldn't do by myself. And then I became almost addicted to hiring other small business owners because they were so grateful. Mm -hmm. And so then I became just hooked on how can I just create bigger, 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 bigger empire so I can hire more powerful women and men. I'm not against men, mm -hmm. um, but women, I do think have a different work ethic than men. And I, I just, I, that's just how I feel. I think women um, can take their day and cry and then go back and pick up. Um, and that's just what I've seen a lot with COVID and, and just how a lot of businesses rebounded and, and so I just, yeah, I became hooked on that bigger and helping more people. Right. And, and you, and you were, you were supporting them because they were getting more work. It's yeah. sort of like when the economy went flat and I had to scramble um, my business at the time and close my big office and all the people. And then I started using more um, outside contractors, which they were so grateful and so capable, mostly women, not saying anything bad about men, but they were mostly women. They just got it done. Like I didn't need to know when they were taking care of it. It just got done. And I loved that. I loved that I was supporting them and they were in turn supporting me so I could continue to, to work and thrive. So yeah, that's I, I'm a big world, believer. Right? Yeah, exactly. So then you said COVID hit. Yes. So then COVID happened. And as mm -hmm. everyone knows, the wedding industry was one of the first to be shut down because it wasn't considered essential. Um, I didn't agree with that. I thought I was doing something very essential. And the weekend that that happened, um, I had a huge refrigerator full of stuff. And so I said, okay, what can I do? I've been knocked down before and I rebuilt myself up from $6. What can I do? So then I, I started a sweet gratitude mo movement where people could buy cupcakes and I would make them and bring them to the hospitals for the first responders. That ended up it was supposed to be like a one weekend thing that went viral. I got picked up by the local newspaper all over the internet. I started getting all this press. I was like, what the heck? So when I did it for about two months, then that wave ended. And then I was still back at ground zero <laughs> and I just didn't know what to do. And I started, I was in the middle of this house that I'm sitting in front of right now um, my celebration house and that I was in the middle of building it and trying to figure out everything about that. And so I had a lot going on. I ultimately made the decision to close the dessert business because after about a year, I just couldn't, 
it just didn't make sense anymore. So I said, and it was a very hard decision. I obviously built that from, uh, from nothing to a six figure business. And I was devastated about what happened, but I said, okay, you've been through this before. There's a bigger plan for you. So then I opened my house in Nashville, my celebration house. <laughs> and we got to talk about that for a moment yes. because what in the world made you, cause you're on, you're in on the West coast. What in the world made you decide to buy a house or get a house in Nashville while you were struggling to stay, you know, in it with the, with the, the, the businesses that you had, How, what was the inclination there? Because most people would just say, Oh, I'm just getting smacked down. I don't want to try another thing, but not you, not you. Well, <laughs> this idea did come before COVID. Oh, okay. So, but not a lot of people knew about it because I didn't want to put it out there because I knew how a huge, this huge step I was taking that I didn't really know anything about. In full transparency, I had this idea before COVID. I, once I recognized how much I love designing things and building these huge installations, I said, how can I do this bigger without me having to be there all the time? And so then this idea came about making basically a dessert table on steroids in a version of a house. And I wanted it to be in a place that I loved and I wanted to live in um, because I was planning on buying it as my first purchase, my first home purchase. And so I love Nashville. It's the number one city for bachelorette parties and brides. So when COVID happened, I decided this is where all my energy needs to go. Close the door on the dessert business. You're going to be hanging on to it forever. Go full force into this. And so I did, and I spent 10 months and I bought the house on January 21st of 2021. So literally wow. in the middle of COVID. Yes. Um, and I'm self-employed. So the challenges of trying to buy a house as a self-employed person is already very hard. Then the, the rules for lending was literally changing by the minute and yeah. the lenders didn't even know what to do. So it was the most stressful thing ever. Like they were like, well, do we need a tax return? Do we not? Like instead of three years, you need six years. Like, I mean, it was the most stressful at the time. I thought it was the most stressful thing ever. Yeah. And then I started on the house and then I really was tested for my resilience and how much I really loved this business because mm -hmm. it was not an easy decision to stay in it. Honestly, it was very, very hard. Well, I can say from experience that renovating a home is highly stressful because it's big decisions, costly decisions, and if things aren't done right, it's more expensive and it's just very, very, very stressful. And then you always have timelines because if this isn't done, you can't start that thing. And um, getting things delivered and getting things done right. And you weren't physically present all the time. So that had to be hard because you were not seeing it actually being done all the time. So that had to be hard too, I'm sure. Yeah. I ended up actually staying out there. Um, I booked this one trip. It was supposed to be for like three days and I was there for 33 days. Cause I'm like, I can't leave. These yes. people are messing up my dream. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, talk about night and day. I'm used to working with women, wedding planners with very type A we plan everything a year and a half in advance. Now all of a sudden I'm managing a construction site with all men who are like, you're nuts. What are you talking about this pink house and this glam room? And what are you talking about? We should, you should just do this. And I'm like, no, this is my dream, not your dream. I'm hiring you to build this for me and help me. And good for was, you. Good for you for staying. Three yeah. months, just so everyone knows, this was supposed to be a three month renovation and it took a year and a half. 
So, and you expanded the house, right? Like yeah. originally it was? It was a two bedroom, one bath um, with an unfinished basement. And now it's a four bedroom, four bath with a finished basement. Oh, and wow. a patio. And I love it so much. For her first house, everyone. Like this is her first house Go renovation. It. <laughs> it's like, why, you know, just put, why just put a little paint on it? Why not just expand it but the reason you had a very intentional reason for that and that was because you wanted to make it into a business yes i wanted to be able to share my home with my clients and brides and women it's obviously a very women-based house and i wanted it to be over the top and match my brand that i had just spent all this i wanted it to be a very smooth transition from my dessert business to my hospitality company and there was a lot of confusion. Like, how did you go from cupcakes to hotels, basically? And I'm like, well, it's not really as different as you think. My background is in hospitality and the whole wedding industry is hospitality. You call it whatever you want, but it's taking care of people. And so, a lot. I mean, seriously, everyone thought I was crazy. I had a few people who were like, oh, that's a really, you know, that's really cool. Until it started to come to life and people were like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> No, I get it. I get it. And I think it was a brilliant, brilliant idea. And you're right. Nashville is the place for, for weddings. And it's like the number one place for weddings and, and bachelorette parties. And, and I love that you did it so intentionally. You had an intention, you had a goal, and you kept that in mind and in focus. No matter how rocky it got, you said, okay, no, this is my vision. And um, I'm just going to stay true to that. And I think that that has a huge effect on, on the outcomes and the results for you. And it's not easy. I mean, I don't want, I mean, I, there were many tears shed still right. to stay. It's very hard to have such a specific vision and not let other people try to change your mind. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you. And staying really clear on that, knowing down deep, this is really the right thing. Even though people are going, huh? what and then then they all come around but you have to be the weird one first you have to be the weird one you have to be okay with being the weird one and i think when we are creating our journey in life um and i will i will say this only because it's my own experience being an entrepreneur you come up with ideas and they seem really wacky but then you put it out you put wheels on it and next thing you know people are like following you along and they like the idea but it takes that i guess decision to be okay i'm going to stand out and be the one that possibly could be humiliated, but I'm going to try because it's so important to me, right? Yes. And I was humiliated very publicly too with this house um, by a lot of people who had a very different understanding than what my, my plan was. I mean, it made, it was, my house became known at the top person in the city of Nashville. Like, and I'm like, oh, that's and again, you were known because yes. of your house. You were like, like the top known person in Nashville. And not for a good reason. They, Little Sarah Buxbaum with her cupcakes turned out, right? you know, nah, nah, nah. like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm just trying to make a better place. So, you know, I have my, my, the whole purpose of this house was to incorporate my nonprofit and very high end. And I had this total, I thought very clear, clear. I mean, everyone who knows me knows I'm not an aggressive person. I'm not ever really malicious or anything like I and the a bunch of people thought that I was the exact opposite and they ran with it and they formed this whole group and 
it ended up making its way up to the building codes director and all these things. And I was, I had to get a lawyer. I had to sue the city of Nashville and I won because I stuck to my guns. I'm like, this is not who I am. Like, I'm not this person that you guys have all portrayed me to be. And um, it was so stressful. I mean, and very expensive to stand up for myself. And those days when you get up as all entrepreneurs do and go, what am I doing? Yeah. But you're in it and you're in it deep and you're like, okay, there's no other way but to go forward. That's really, you know, there's no other way but to go forward. Well, good for you that you fought the good fight and um, people misunderstood probably what you were doing. They didn't really know and they were fearful that you were going to cause some kind of whatever that they had in their mind. And so I'm glad that you stuck it out and you really did go the distance and, and create this thing because it's beautiful. And what a wonderful thing. You're creating this wonderful destination um, place for women to celebrate. And it's all, it's just perfect. I can see it in your background. It's gorgeous. And anyone, you know, where can someone go see pictures of your house? Yeah, they can go to my website. It's celebratewithsarah.com. And they can, and all my Instagram is celebratewithsarah. Um, and this, the house has its own, which is Celebration House Nashville, but it's all linked together. And then on my website, people can see, I still have all my dessert tables and stuff up there because that's, I mean, that's how I built this whole company. And so I have all those pictures and I have everything about Nashville, my foundation and kind of my story. And it's all on my website. So getting through, drilling down to the very nugget of what makes you do what you do is because you absolutely love customer service. And right now you're like uh, a lot of uh, radio stations and podcasts are interviewing you because you go, honey, you go the distance, like look at what you've been through, but you really go the distance to serve your clientele, to, to really up level and make it a whole new experience. And do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I know it's pretty hot right now. It's a pretty hot conversation. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea how hot it was until... <laughs> I'm doing seven radio interviews a day the last two months. Um, yeah, a lot of big companies are not valuing their customers like they should. And my whole purpose is to treat my customers and my clients not like a transaction or a number or something in my bank account, but as people and to create just something so special for them that they want to do anything that if I have some of the craziest ideas, they trust me and they're like, I want to be part of that with her because I know she's going to take care of me. Yeah. And so that's now given me the opportunity because I've stuck to my guns for so many years to be able to kind of do all these other things because now, unfortunately, because of all the bad that's going on with businesses, now I'm standing out even more because I love people so much and I want them, people work hard for their money and they should, every purchase that anyone makes, they should feel like they're getting their money's worth. And I do that. And then I want to go and feel like they not only got their money's worth, but they're so shocked that they want to come back. And so I'm always looking to surprise people and I just love it. Well, you're also in the business of making memories and, and what a great memory it is to come to a place that is so well outfitted or anything you touch that is, you've really gone the, the extra mile. And so the memory is always going to be there, that experience, because I always have said, I don't really, I'm not a collector of things, but I like collecting experiences. And when I was treated well, and that, that experience stays with you so long. 
So what you're doing is you're creating memories for people, experiences that really they're going to say, wasn't that so great? Let me tell you about this place that we were at, or let me tell you about this experience that we had. That's huge, Sarah. And to be well, honest, I think you are only getting started. I feel like you have had your metal tested, honey, and you're showing the world, yeah, I'm going to keep going because there's no other way but to continue going forward. <laughs> it's true. And just bigger. And how many more people can you help? And how many, you know, it's. So let me just, win. let's go back to little Sarah or Sarah before she did all of this. What gave you that like can do spirit? What gave you that ability to just keep getting up and going, wait a minute, let me just hold my ground here kindly and continue on. What, what, what traits would you say? How did you develop these traits? I mean, you could look at pictures of me when I'm two years old and I have a lot of sass. <laughs> I think a lot of it, I was just born this way. <laughs> I just always wanted to change. I mean, when I was little, I wanted to be Oprah. I didn't know like what she did. <laughs> Loved her. And I was like, okay, I want to be a talk show host. Like, I don't know. And I just, I think my mom grew up watching Oprah. Um, so I, that's probably where I first saw maybe the, the first powerful, like woman who had been through a lot of struggles. Obviously I hadn't at the time I was like seven, but I just loved the idea that one person can change so many people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I love, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had lemonade stands. I was in Girl Scouts, which I think taught me a lot about being independent and selling and cookies and all that, which I didn't really realize until recently when I started being interviewed a lot. And people asked me like my earliest memory of kind of entrepreneurship. Um, and then, I mean, when I was little and everyone's like, I want to be a dancer when I grow up, or I wanted to own a dance studio, or there was a phase where I wanted to be a lawyer, but I didn't want to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a judge. <laughs> like I just never really, I don't know why I've always just wanted to do bigger than the average and I think that that's kind of and there's nothing wrong with with people who work a corporate job or whatever they do or they don't work at all if they're stay-at-home mom and that's a full-time that's three full-time jobs you know there's nothing against any of that but for for me what brings me joy is creating wow factors and however that can be done yeah that's wonderful and you really do Sarah it's amazing what you've come up against and how you can continue to create them. And you're really an example, not only for the, the CX experience, you know, the, the, the customer experience, but you're just an example of continuing on having an idea, being strong in your, in your intentions and, and believing in yourself. I think those things, even when life hits us, smacks us down. COVID comes along. Um, partners take, you know, steal you blind, rob you blind. I mean, we've all had these things happen and all, we're the all wiser for it. And then we're able to continue on and take that education, which in hindsight seem, you know, you're just like, oh, that's why I learned that. Because now you can go on to other things and be like, oh, I've already got this in my, in my wheelhouse, in my toolbox, because I've, I've learned it already and it was hard, but you know, life isn't, isn't always easy, but those, those, things that make us stronger, you know, or if it doesn't kill us, it makes us stronger. Well, and I honestly, like, I don't think I would have survived a lot of the, the adversities that I had and still have all the time if it wasn't for being knocked down and then rebuilding and then being knocked down again, because now every time I'm knocked down or there's a challenge that I think is going to ruin my life, I'm like, no, 
there's obviously a reason for this and there always is like and I know that is like the most cliche thing ever but if you don't experience falling down then you don't know how to rebuild yourself exactly and so every time I'm like okay this is hard and I am stressed but it's training me because the next challenge is going to be a hundred times bigger like I lost some money at one point then when I had to hire the attorney it was kind of like if that was four years prior, I would have absolutely not hired the attorney and I would have just been out, but yeah. I knew I had it in me to fight the fight. And so now every single thing, it's like, if you want to get bigger, the challenges are going to get bigger. The people are going to get meaner, unfortunately. And you just have to be prepared for that and see the, the good with the bad. Exactly. It's really, I, I agree. I agree with all of that. And then, and, and, and you said some things that, you know, just learning how to do what you've done and to continue to learn from that. It's about like also ROI. You're putting all this energy in and you're being stopped. Being an entrepreneur, we, and life in general, you're like, okay, I got to move my ladder a little bit. This, this isn't working and they're obviously pushing back, but it doesn't mean I'm going to get rid of my ladder or not climb my ladder. I'm just going to move it over <laughs> and find another way. And I think that, that we have to all be creative and, and, usually pull it out of ourselves. So I'm sure when you hit all of these problems and became the number one talked about house in, in Nashville, and you were going into having to fight a lawsuit, I'm sure you probably already had like, if this doesn't work out, then I will. So you probably had some different scenarios in your mind, right? Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to, and if you don't even know, like, I didn't know exactly what it looked like but I knew I wasn't going to crumble and some, I would do something else if it didn't, for some reason, if it didn't work. So I think having a plan B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, whatever. Yeah, exactly. To, even if you don't know what C and D look like, you have to be open that that's a very good chance that you're going to end up there. And it's not the end of the world because maybe plan B was better than plan A, which is what I'm experiencing right now. I had no intention of being this customer service expert and I love it. That wasn't even on my radar. I just did what I love to do and that was it. Yeah. Had I known a year ago that this was going to happen, I would have laughed at everything that I was dealing with right? because I had no idea that those challenges were going to be so inspirational for other people or help all these other small businesses, like with little things that I thought were just little and other people are taking that, like they're asking me, you know, what, what's something that doesn't cost a lot of money that can be impactful, write your clients a thank you card, a handwritten thank you card, yeah. go to the dollar store, buy a 10 pack and thank 10 customers for $1. And I promise you that is going to make a huge difference in your business. And it's, and it sometimes takes going through hardship to, to recognize that. And so, yeah, my, I still have a plan B and C and D and we can talk about that more in a few months. Oh my gosh. And you, you are definitely part of my, my next women's group where I just call them the, the hashtag not done yet. Cause honey, oh, you are that. not done yet. And you are going to keep going and inspiring people and, and motivating them and showing them that, yeah, it's hard. This isn't easy, but something else good will come of it. And I like that you're able to let go of maybe of the first idea a little bit, but you're still on that intention of I'm going to create something that's going to serve people and I'm going to build this empire. And if it looks a little different than when I first started out, that's okay. 
because I'm going to find that place where I can climb right up that ladder. So Sarah, this has been a great conversation and I wish you all the very best. And I know we're going to be hearing more about you and um, I, great success to you, my dear. Thank you so much. Enjoying the show? You can find the notes at www.elizabethribbons.com. That's ribbons with one B or on your preferred podcast platform. Please be sure to follow, rate, and review. Reviews and word of mouth are still the number one way to learn about new podcasts, so I appreciate your support. Until next time.